Hello and welcome back to Property Unlocked. I'm Scarlett Douglas. And I'm Stuart Douglas. Whether you're a first-time buyer, renovating your home, or just curious about the property scene, we've got you covered. Now today we are joined by someone who began his career in modelling only to find his true passion in construction and heavy machinery. Introducing to the podcast, the Daniel Ashville-Louisi. Daniel! Hey! <laughs> He is the founder of the Asheville Group of Companies, which has skyrocketed in popularity under his leadership. Daniel has become a sensation on his highly successful YouTube channel, where he shares his extensive knowledge and expertise in fields ranging from construction and waste management all the way to property development. So Daniel, I already know your journey into where you are now, how you got here, but obviously our listeners may not. And I remember when I was with you in the box the other day at QPR, you kind of gave a rundown of your journey to how you got to this point. So I would love you to do the same for the viewers. It's an incredible story. Always had an interest in property. Mm -hmm. Went to university, did sports science, came out of uni. I was doing strength and conditioning coaching with professional cricket players. And I was also doing a bit of modeling at mm -hmm. the same time. Saving money, managed to buy a house in East London a very, very long time ago, what, like 2003 mm -hmm. or something like that. I had to buy it in East London at the time for two reasons. One, that's what my resources dictated. But two, because I followed the lead that if I buy a house in East London when the Olympics comes, I'm going to be really rich. <laughs> right. And did that work? No. Uh, <laughs> ah. Yeah, it, it didn't really work out for me and a lot of other people. Oh, okay. Anyway, so I bought my first house. I I lived there. While I lived in it, it was a building site. I used different subcontractors, did a loft conversion. At the time, I thought like I was the world's best developer. Mm -hmm. but it was very basic what I was doing. Right. And I was laboring and I was learning with the teams, trying to get my head around building work and trying to pick up as much as I could. Just on site, trying to be a sponge while living on a building site, making sure that I walk around in sliders so nails don't go through my feet when I'm going to the shower. <laughs> nice. Yes. And then remortgage because again it was easy to lend money at that time mm -hmm. and i bought a flat round the corner in silvertown mm -hmm. i don't know where silvertown is silvertown's just round the corner from canning town because okay. at the time i used to do a bit of training a bit of boxing ah down at the peacock gym even though you're a model yeah well you know don't get hit you clearly were that yeah kind of a i know I, I wouldn't really say i was a model i say i did model in you know if i cook you dinner it doesn't make me a chef i mean it? right uh, okay <laughs> you got paid to model and pose and yeah wear other okay fine clothes. all right if that's how we're gonna yeah, yeah define it then yes i did yeah okay fine and obviously for viewers watching if you're listening you can't see him but he's very model-esque is he not Okay, that, that's a great way of putting it, Model S. I'll take that compliment. Okay. Thank you. Carry on. So in 2006, I started my build company mm -hmm. with the people that I had met when I was subcontracting and with the limited knowledge I had at that time, because it does take a long time to learn and you learn by experience. I used the portfolio of what I've done and I began to take small jobs through the network that I already knew. Right. So I met someone in Harley Street and I still do work for the gentleman to this day. Oh, amazing. And I went to his house and I remember walking in the house. I was like, oh my goodness, man, this is a six million pound house. Like, just stay calm. Yeah. Play and cool. I spoke to him and he gave me a look and he was like, hmm. I think he knew that I wasn't experienced as I was making out. And for the first time, somebody said, what are you doing at the moment? What can you show me? And I took him to the job that I was doing at the time that I just got. And when he saw the job, he was like, oh, this is a, this is a decent sized oh job. I said, gosh. yeah, yeah, this is, this is nothing, man. Like, I do jobs like this all the time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
that's when I won the job. And that's when I began to finally move over into high end. Mm. So once you have Harley Street on your resume, oh, that's a course. different conversation. Without a doubt. Extra yeah. zeros on the end. Yes. Yeah. So working in Harley Street again, and that turned into high end. That was a high end fit out. Mm. At the same time as doing that, I'm throwing in the kitchen sink. Everything's going back in. We're making this happen. So I said, right, I'm losing control. Because I'm taking clients to a bathroom showroom. I'm taking them to a kitchen showroom. I'm taking them to look at tiles. I'm taking them here. I'm taking them now. So, well, I'm losing control. What am I going to do here? So I thought, right. I went in with a friend of mine who I still deal with now, who does my interiors. And we went halves on a shop on Kings Road. 541A Kings Road in Chelsea. Yes. I opened a showroom in Kings Road. And I put loads of taps, little kitchen, and I set it up, home automation. I made a home cinema there. And all the doors, you would touch it. I had all the blum hinges to open in different ways. I had all the samples of worktops, all the samples of doors. I had every single sample you could possibly have, and everything was displayed there. I even had electric curtains, blinds, CCTV. They could control it on their phone. And what I'd do is sit clients down, and I would say, right, here's your existing plans, and here's your proposed plans. Oh, well, that's a great space. Can we move this here? Yeah, yeah, we can move that there. And I'd run to my computer, change it. So here it is. Yeah, that's perfect. Oh, what sort of format tiles? Well, those tiles are 800 by 800. Could we do bigger? Yeah, we can. I'd run around the curtain. Here's a meter by a meter tile. Oh, everything. I love that tile. Write down a little note. Mm -hmm. So I was able to then start to specify in the projects as well, which gave me more control. Yep. And there was a bit of a shift. We began to get basement work. Okay. In Southwest London, mm -hmm. which was also good. So this is around, we're up at like 2012 now. Right. We're digging basements. This is new to me, to be honest. Mm. Now, we begin to get a problem with service. So when you're digging out a basement, you have a skip on the road, you have a conveyor belt, it's taking all the muck out. Problem is, that skip, when it's full of muck, if somebody doesn't come and take the earth away, the people in there can't dig anymore. Correct. So I was struggling and struggling and we're losing time. You know, there's damages on the job. I'm going to have to pay if this finishes late. I can't blame the boys because they can't dig. If you've got no space, what am I supposed to do? You can't put it in your pocket. It's not It's not Shawshank Redemption. You're not going to be <laughs> like letting it out your trousers yeah. like as you're walking around the yard. So I thought, right, this isn't going well. This is slowing up my progress. And just on a whim, out of nowhere, I went and bought a truck. Right. I just went and bought a truck. I went and bought a grabbler. I thought, how hard can this be? Bought a truck, didn't have enough work to keep a driver busy, so I actually drove the truck myself. Oh, my God. So I'm driving a truck myself. i got hot spots, laptop on the passenger seat. I'm parking up the truck, responding to emails. I've got the earpiece in. I'm working. I'm driving around in a truck, which actually isn't very good for fuel efficiency. Uh, it's actually better to go around in a car, but I had to do something with this truck. Yeah. <laughs> but I learned something when I got this first truck. When I was taking the earth away from my basement jobs, when I went to tip the earth, I realized where I was tipping the earth that they had sand and they had stone and they had the materials that I needed that I was buying from builders merchants. So I realized these are all the materials that I need for my build firm. And I was like, right, I have the material side of the supply chain and I have the waste side of the supply chain as well. So the people I used to tender against, I know who's doing the jobs because I know what jobs I lost and I know who's doing it. I can mm -hmm. see the hoarding. I began to offer the service to them. I said, look, I can't beat them, the other people on price, mm -hmm. but I'll be there when I say I will. 
And it turns out that sometimes that's enough. Oh, 100%. People want reliable resources. Yes. So I start to provide the service, waste management service and supply material to like one or two companies. Mm. Gets busy. I thought, this is all right, you know. Mm -hmm. So now we're at four grab lorries. So we have four grab lorries. We're running around. But they're also serving my construction company still. Yep. So my construction company's benefiting and the trucks have become their own business. Perfect. So this is like 2013, 14. They're their own business. They changed a law in Wandsworth, the council. They stopped people grabbing out of skips. So you can no longer pull up and take earth out of a skip on the side of the road in Wandsworth. But I'm digging basements in southwest London and there's a lot of work going on in southwest London. Mm -hmm. Problem. The man who's providing them with skips now, because you have to change that skip multiple times in a day, he's now saying... Oh, I have a grab lorry for your other job. So I begin to lose work oh, because nice. I don't control that element of the supply chain. Of course. Okay. So I went and bought a skip lorry. Yeah. <laughs> so now we're doing grabs and skips. Right. Because I don't want to lose out. Mm -hmm. So we're doing grabs and skips and we now have a lot of earth, which we need to dispose of and we need to supply more material. So the company continues to grow. But then at that point, I need a different type of lorry. Oh, my God. Yeah. So I need a tipper lorry which is basically a grab lorry without a crane on it with a bigger back, which takes more earth or supplies more material. Right. So now we're operating three different types of lorry. We go up to about 12 lorries. We're working relatively well, and I get this problem. So we're going to the job. They say, oh, no, 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 you have to wait. The concrete lorry's arrived. You have to move. The concrete's here. The concrete's more important. So I bought a concrete lorry. Oh, my God. You've literally bought every sort so, of... Yeah, because, but it also works for my construction company. Yes, Because okay. my construction company uses concrete. Perfect. So then we went down the road of concrete. We started supplying concrete. Mm -hmm. But I'm getting the materials for the concrete from my aggregates and waste company because I need those materials anyway. I was supplying people. Yes. And I'm also supplying the people that I was already supplying the waste management service to. So I'm not starting concrete with nothing. I'm not starting at zero because I have an existing client base. Yeah. But then we had another problem. <laughs> so every time the concrete lorry turns up, they're saying we have to wait for the pump. The pump hasn't turned up. We need the pump. The pump's not here. What are we supposed to do with this concrete? We're not doing this on wheelbarrows. So I bought a concrete pump. So now we do skips, we do grabs, we do tippers, we do concrete, and we do concrete pumping. Right. So Stuart does more of the construction side of things, whereas for me, I get to do the interior flair, I guess, the creative side of things. And it works really well as a partnership. So it's interesting to know that your company does everything. It is a one-stop shop. But I guess, Stuart, you want to know yeah, what the main thing yeah, is, if anything? So when we work for clients, we say, like, my... I suppose input, I like to reconfigure layouts and floor plans and try and maximise the space that we have. If there's going to be extensions, fine. But it's always like to get the best out of the property that you've got. As Scarlett says, she gets involved with the interior design. But we offer different aspects. But I would say that's my like specialist field. Okay, two things. What do you prefer first? Because you Ooh. might prefer something more <laughs> than something one. else. <laughs> but what is your this is what we are about, and then we offer this on the outside. Oh, man. <laughs> Great question. Yeah. I can tell you what I enjoy the most. Yes. I enjoy that shell and core work on a house before I put down one tile yeah. when I see my machine digging out for a basement, my truck taking the waste, yeah. my truck pouring the concrete, mm my bulk bags of material there, the shell and core, smashing out the internals, putting up the steels, 
and building the basement and creating more space. Yeah, yeah. But we're utilizing everything from the sister companies. Yeah. That is when I'm most happy. Right, okay. When yeah. I see that happening and we're doing a shift and I look outside and I see 10 of my trucks and my digger loading them and the client comes back two days later and they went, well, I'm to my garden. <laughs> you know, we're putting in material and we're whacking it and we're pouring concrete. And day after day, everything that's been built is working together yeah. and making the construction company more efficient yeah. and work well. And the fact that it happens now sometimes without me getting involved, because all the people in the different companies, they all know each other and they communicate. Yeah. yeah. So the foreman on site and the project manager, they're talking to the guys in transport and operations and they're organizing all of this. And I'm kind of just there, just. I'm not really doing it. I'm just trying to like <laughs> yeah. just be involved. Yeah. Like yeah. so that is when I'm happiest when I see that happening. I prefer shell and core work. My least favorite time just before you hand over, because it looks like nothing's happening. Right. Okay. And you're trying to finish that fine detail and the client pops around and you're doing snagging. <laughs> yeah. That's my least favorite time because to get that fine detail and to get it over the line, if you don't deliver at that point. Nobody cares how well you built it. Yeah, yeah. It's all about what they can see. Yeah. Yeah, it just feels very slow and stagnant at that point. So do you have any subcontractors that you rely on or is everything in-house? There are things which I used to do, which I don't. Right. I used to build all my bespoke cabinetry in-house, yeah. but I stopped because I don't have a spray booth. Right. And I was building cupboards and dismantling them, taking them to get sprayed and then bringing them back and putting them back together. Yeah. It didn't make sense. Yeah. It was more efficient to get someone trusted to do it. Right, okay. We use people for windows because I don't make windows yeah. and I want my Fenza and I want yes. you know, <laughs> and I and I want guarantees. I used to build kitchens bespoke. Okay. But again, I don't anymore. Yeah. Because we take too long. Yeah. We do a fantastic job, but we take too long. It's not efficient. Yeah. I used to buy doors and fit them myself. Yeah. But now when we're working super high end and we've got like 2.6 meter doors, if a company want to supply the doors and they want to do the frames and they want to take it as a package. Yeah. And I know they can deliver. I will let them do that. Yeah. yeah. I never used to. Oh, okay. But there's only a certain amount of people within my company who are working at the level a finish that I want them to, those people, you can't just find them yeah, yeah. on the road. Yeah. My business model changed over the years. At one point, I had 37 trademen on my books, yeah. full time, full just time. moving them. Yeah. Now, if there's specialist people, I let them take the responsibility. Yeah. Yeah. And the guys who are still with me, they manage it. They manage it, yeah. They, they manage it. So they, they, they keep an eye on what they're doing. Yeah. They supply them and... They, su they supply so, them labour when they need it. You sound quite like me. You sound like you're very in control. I was going to say, we didn't get to the second point, though. The second point of no, what do you specifically no, specialise in? No, I think Daniel answered the question that long as to not answer that question. <laughs> <laughs> you so, didn't want to have to answer it. Okay, we'll let so it slide. We'll, we'll let that, we'll we'll let that on. one... Because I like you, Daniel, <laughs> let that one slide. Um, <laughs> you, you sound very much like me. You like to be in control of what you're doing. Yes. When it's smaller, it's easier. Yes. As you grow and you get bigger, which you clearly have... All of your, like, the control that you have and when you say, no, I need to check this, is this right? Do you still do that or do you have right-hand workforce who you believe in and who you trust that you can... Because I find that hard. I find it hard to let somebody else make decisions. Mm. I like to check things over. Mm -hmm. But I know that companies your size, it's not easy to do that. And you know what? Sometimes when you get bigger, it's not as fun. Right, yeah. It's not. Yeah. Because it doesn't become 
I want it to be about the art a lot of the time. When it's so big sometimes, it, it's hard for it to be about that because there's so much on the line yeah. and there's so much at stake. I have had to not be involved in the detail of some things. I've had to not be involved. But other things, no matter what, like I, for certain projects on a construction site, I will not have a site meeting with the client if I'm not there. Right, yeah, yeah. That's not happening. It's not happening. I had a meeting not long ago of a project I'm working on. I was in another country filming a TV show. I came back to the country for 18 hours to make sure I was in this meeting. Yeah. To manage the meeting, manage expectations, and like guide my team through it. Yeah. There's certain things at high level that no matter what, I have to be there. Yeah. But some other things, you know, I'm not checking the welds on the steels anymore. Yeah. And I'm not checking when the guys measure up for steels now, I'm not double checking their measurements. Yeah. Yeah. We've been together long enough. And if there was a mistake, I just take it on the chin. Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I have had to let some things go. Yeah. But others, no, no way. Yeah. Some non-negotiables. Yeah. There are some non-negotiables that no matter what, I have to be there. Yeah. And I have to see it. Right. Obviously, you have your YouTube channel and it's okay. very popular. I know that that pretty much overnight blew up, didn't it? From it your did, first yes. video. Was it your first video? Was it more of a, a it, day it, in the life it, video? It, I think it was like my 10th video. Right. My creative, Ara said to me, why don't you just film your day? I was very reluctant to start doing videos mm -hmm. because uh, everything on social media is very hype, this watch, this yeah. Lamborghini. <laughs> yeah. this, and I said, but I'm a tramp. I said, I'm, I'm, I'm dirty. No one cares. My eyes are red. I'm dirty. Like, look, I haven't cut my hair. Yeah. So, and I was, they were like, no, just document it. And I said, but people don't care about the struggle. They don't care. They want private jet life and yeah, all this yeah. I kind of trusted in the team and they said listen you have to just just share what's going on because it's real yeah yeah. and, yeah. I, and I filmed my day when I woke up from 5am all the way to when I got home at 9pm and I remember the video went out and at the time I'm a bit spoilt with numbers now in it mm -hmm, like, mm -hmm. if I like you know if, I, if I'm not doing a, if I'm not doing 100k in 24 hours like, <laughs> yeah, I'm like something's wrong like, here <laughs> like, like, what's down. going on like change the thumbnail <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but at the time it did like I did a couple of thousand. I was like, oh, wow, that's really good. Mm. And I remember I just got a message from Aaron. He was like, have you seen the video? And I was like, no, what? what was and I looked on it and it was on a million. And I said, wow. I said, oh, my God, <laughs> I can't believe this. A million views. And then it kept going. Mm. And it went two million. And after two, we went to, what's it? I think it's about like two and a half now. Oh, wow. wow. Yeah. And, it, and we, we couldn't understand what was going on. But then as I met people and I connected with people and people began to come up to me and speak to me, I think for some reason it got moved over and was being recommended into like a not construction, oh. in an urban thing. Oh, people oh, were yeah. saying they were watching like videos of UK rap artists mm. and there was me, Day in a Life, oh, like next yeah, to me. Right, yeah. So I don't know what happened it in, crossed the over. Yeah, yeah. in the algorithm. and. Once it crosses over an algorithm, if people click on it, well, then think, well, let's give it to them more. Let's watch Let's yeah. give it to them more. Yeah. So, you know, it's so great. that it's... kept building, and obviously that got other eyes on you yes. to now get you onto our television screens. Yes. I know you can't tell us a huge amount about. Yeah, I'm, um, I just, I finished filming. Yes. I filmed an international engineering show. That's mm -hmm. my passion. I've gone all around the world. I've gone to South Africa. I've gone to Las Vegas. I've gone to San Francisco. I've gone to LA, I've gone to Finland, wow. Italy, Austria, 
I'm probably forgetting somewhere. No disrespect if I forgot your country. <laughs> but, like, they're, 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 there are so many yeah, to yeah, remember. So, and uh, I filmed a TV show. It's going to be on a global network. Mm -hmm. Right, okay. And I believe it's going to launch in September. Brilliant. Okay. So finish season one. So let me ask you a question, Daniel. Like, you're doing the filming now. You're a very charismatic man like myself. Um, <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> where do you find time to go gym? Because you're a big guy. <laughs> do you know what it is? <laughs> Do you know what it is? My weight fluctuates. Okay. My gym fluctuates. <laughs> right, you know? okay. So I had a shoulder operation and I had to reconstruct my shoulder right. like about a year and a half ago. Okay. And I didn't train for a while. And when the TV show was coming, there was this part of the TV show where they told me where I was going to be bare chest. You're, you're top yeah. Top. yeah. <laughs> and I went to a mirror to really assess what's going on. <laughs> like, so I went into this mirror and I assessed what's going on. I was like, Whoa. and then the trouble for me is if I go online, there's all these modeling pictures. <laughs> yeah, these, and I looked at that on my phone. I said, nah, 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 nah. I, I, like, right, right. I, I, I got to do something here. I've been back in the gym properly okay. for a little while now. And the I, shoulder's good now? It's getting there. Good. I need to train for my mental as much as my physical. Yeah, yeah. It's like a reset for me on a daily yeah. basis. Yeah. I get my second wind. Yeah. I try and train on an evening or first thing in the morning. Yeah. And it, it is the only time when I'm not working. Yeah. If I'm not in the gym or when I'm sleeping. Mm -hmm. but so You're still dreaming about work. Yeah. Yeah. Sleeping, yeah. you're, you're very busy. Like You get up at five. Obviously, from that same video, it's constant. What drives you? What makes you do this? Mm. Like, what is your driver? What is, but I often say to people, like, what is your why? The ones who have a why are the ones who are driven. I'd like to know what drives you and do you have a why? It changes. It changes. It starts out at just pure excitement and energy. And I want to do this and this is going to be fantastic. And you get that fire in your belly and you're like, this is going to work. And people think you're mad. Like, <laughs> hey, like what's the matter with this guy? Yeah. Like, and a lot of things you do, they don't work, but you keep going on. But when you're, when the stakes are so high, like what I'm doing at the moment, sometimes I'm driven by a fear of it not working. Right, yeah. yeah. Because it's got so big now. Yeah. If it goes wrong, yeah. like so, we're all in trouble here. Yeah. Like you overcome a hurdle and then you go back to that excitement and that fire in the belly. Yeah. And I'm going to achieve this. And what if I get here? And you kind of, in your head, you kind of picture where you want to be but as a memory, yeah, and everything is about getting to that point. Yeah. On a daily basis, sometimes you don't feel like you're getting there or you think that the small things you're doing aren't getting there. But if you can just, I work off a list the whole yeah. time, day and night. Yeah. If you could just tick off little things, I just feel like I'm getting that bit closer every single day. Yeah. Mm. So what made you get into construction? I loved construction from when I was young. I love construction. I love building. I was the kid who got the Lego set and bust the Lego on the floor and threw the instructions. Yeah. And then and then I was there for all three weeks when I could have fixed it together in 10 minutes. Yeah. Trying to work out how, how to build to it. it. Yeah. Yeah. And with the machinery side of things, if my mum and I left the house and we saw the dustbin truck, I was late to school in it because I have to walk behind the truck and the dustbin man has to lift me up to push the button for it to, 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 to oh, come back. Okay, yeah, yeah. So I was always... Always intrigued. I was always intrigued. I was always obsessed with it. When I used to go to St. Lucia in the summer, if my uncles were building or putting down a slab, you know, I'm helping move the sand. I'm always doing it. My uncle run trucks in St. Right, Lucia okay, as well. Yeah. So I was part of So yeah. always been part of that. Okay. And I had train sets. Oh, he loves trains. I'm a trains. train, yeah. Play right. with train sets. Oh, okay, and I, okay. Yeah. So you're a bit of a nerd. 
Perhaps super nerd. I'm a, su I'm a super nerd. I, I still, my coffee table at home, I still have diggers, trains, everything. And people come to my house, they're like, this guy's not all Yeah, but, but look, look what it's given me. Exactly that. I mean, I recently watched a film, The Fablemans, which is the story of Steven Spielberg. And it's so interesting that he once watched a film when he was younger, saw a train crash actually in the film, but just that feeling he got from watching the film, he knew he wanted to make films for the rest of his life. So it's always something, I think, as a child that gets you and that's the catalyst to it being who you are as an adult. I've had that a few times in my life. Yeah. The truck thing was like that. Mm -hmm. I remember where I was at my shop in Kings Road and I saw a truck across the road. I saw an aggregate industries truck, a yeah. white truck, tipping, and I saw aggregate industries and I, I thought, wow, Asheville aggregates. Yes, yeah. there it is. And truth be told, in my depot now, mm. I do a lot of business with Aggregate Industries ah. and I make videos with them. Oh, do you wow. really? Yes. The same company who I saw their truck and I said, that is what I'm going to do. Yes. I now work with them. So how long ago was that? We got our first truck in 2013, so that must have been about 2012. Oh, okay, right, right. So that was the yeah. first time you had one of those moments? When was the yeah, oh, that, that was later on. I had those moments from years Very ago. Amazing. I was right. always having them. But when you get those moments and those feelings about in construction, you're governed by your resource. Yes. So I, yeah, I got the young, I'm, I'm, I want a house in Knightsbridge. Well, you can't afford it, can you? <laughs> so I, I went to East, yeah. where I could afford. Yeah. yeah. And I did make this mistake a couple of times. I had very bold aspirations and I wanted to be high end. Mm. Right. But I couldn't afford to be in high end when I was developing myself. So I was doing things that maybe I shouldn't have been doing them in the areas I was doing it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because that's what I wanted to do. But that's almost like your apprenticeship. You go kind of, in yeah. there and yeah. you learn and you yeah. try certain things. You have your passion and like you say, you have a high end feel that fits you. Yeah. I don't think that's wrong as long as you learn from that. You I, clearly I, have. I did. I did an in-house development some background, when my mum came to this country from St. Lucia, mm. she had a room on Portnell Road, just off Harrow Road okay. in West London. And two streets away from Portnell Road, where me and my mum used to be in a room together, you know, with the keller gas and they got to wash you in the mm. basement. Because <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah. it's freezing cold. Yeah. I bought a house on that road about three years ago, a full house, two roads away, and I refurbished it and turned it into three flats. Right. Wow, okay. And then all the staff who worked for me, all the machinery I had, all the years of experience, because it was on that area, mm. Queen's Park Station's at the bottom of the road. This is now a great area. Great area, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. I could just do, like, everything was second nature, and I found it so easy. Yeah. Really? Other than the fact that it happened in the middle of lockdown. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Which, which development funding, mm. I really got punished with some development funding mm -hmm. because we had to close the site, and they were charging me 14 grand a month interest when the site no. was closed, which is another story altogether. But the actual build mm. and the process... That was one of those exciting moments. Yeah. Would you say that that's probably been one of the most passionate projects you've had to date? Yeah. 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 I wrote it down, the stuff. I had plans because that's the right thing to do. Yeah. My staff have been with me so long. I swear I could have walked in there and go, you know how to do it. And they would have done it. Yeah. yeah. We've rewired and plumbed so many flat. Look, we're just going to do underfloor heating in the bathrooms. We're going to do a wet system everywhere else. We're going to go with the valiant boiler. We're going to go with this kilowatt one. We're going to do this. Don't buy those radiators. Those are dead. Buy this. Do this. Like, yeah. in this room, we're going to have this fabric. We're going to build the cupboards here. We're going to keep them simple. We're going to... It, we've been together so, so long. long yeah. it's, no. You just say a bunch of stuff and everybody runs in a different direction. Yeah. yeah. And, and just gets on with it. 
you clearly have the qualities and the credentials that those who are looking to renovate their house need to find in a construction company, right? Mm. Yes. So what else would you tell the listeners? If you're thinking about doing this, you're thinking about a big renovation, maybe a total rebuild, what should the listeners look for in a good construction company, but also the red flags of a bad construction company? Before they look at good and bad, people need to decide themselves on their resource. And is it more important to spend a certain amount of money or is it more important to live your life in a certain way? Is this about lifestyle Mm. or is this about budget? Right. Because more often than not, to create the house you want lifestyle, sometimes economically... It's not affordable. Yeah, it's not affordable, Mm. but it feels like it doesn't make sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So when they're looking for a good company, they definitely need references. Yeah. They need track record. Yes. They need to see jobs, what they've done in the past, and they need to be able to get on with the person. Mm. It's a massive thing for me. I've always found that working the other way with clients, obviously sometimes you can't always work with who you want to work with. Mm -hmm. And it goes both ways with a builder or with a client. Anyone who's a nightmare in the beginning is a nightmare in the middle and they're a nightmare at the end. Mm -hmm. It doesn't change. (laughs) Yeah. So you need to make sure that you can get on with that person. And you need to make sure they have all the necessary insurances in place and you should definitely follow up on the leads they give you. Right. If they're giving you people's numbers and addresses, you should definitely spend the time to have a look. Probably for a normal person who's not in construction, refurbishing your house is probably the single biggest decisions you will ever make in your life. Mm -hmm. And for somebody who in like a normal job who gets paid the same amount of money and they have to save or their parents are helping them. Like this is probably the most money you will ever spend. And once you spend it, you will not get it back. No, exactly. Unless you sell the house or remortgage it, of course. Yeah. Yeah. And bad, how do I say this? Bad. But just be real. Tell everyone how it is. <laughs> I'm sorry to say this, but if it's too good to be true, it normally is. Yeah. Mm. If there is someone who is pricing a job so cheap, I often say to people and people say, well, why does it cost this much? And I say, I right, let me break it down for you. How many people you think are going to be here? Mm-hmm. And I say, all right, 10. He goes, how much do you think them people work for a day? Yeah. Okay. okay, cool. Here's what you do. Let's throw some PAYE on that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So how many days a week they're going to work here? Six, right. How long do you think this job's going to take? Yeah. Five months. All right, cool. So we are already at this figure. Yeah. 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 I didn't come in the front door yet. <laughs> yeah. 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 How much do you think it's going to cost to get the van here? What's the tool usage? How much waste do you think I'm going to have? What are the licenses? How much are they going to charge me to suspend the skip bay outside? Yeah. How many times a day am I going to change the skip? I don't have materials yet. Yeah. How much is the structural engineer going to charge me? Mm. How much are the steels going to be? The price of steel has gone up. Can I even get multi-finish mm. at the moment? I'd say that people need to tread carefully and do their homework. And the cheapest quote is not always yeah. the best quote. Yeah. Pay cheap, pay twice. Yes. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people have got burnt. And it. we get phone calls from people who someone else has started the job what do you do with that? I wonder. Yeah, we've had the same issue. The yes, people will say, can you come and fix this problem? That's interesting because even if you try to rectify it, if something goes wrong that wasn't down to you... It's a grey area. Yeah, who's liable now? I say, if you want me to redo it, I'm starting from scratch. Yeah. They yeah. say, yeah, but they already did the plumbing. Yeah. If you want me to do it, I am starting from scratch yeah. from the beginning. Say that quote again. <laughs> Pay cheap, pay twice. Say it one more time. Pay cheap, pay twice. So so that's what happens. So make sure you get a good (laughs) construction company from the beginning, right? But I will say 
for a person, like, it's not easy. Yeah. Like, it's really difficult to find a good construction company. I do a lot of my things in-house, like production, websites. People will work for me full-time. Yeah. Mm. I've got this real bane of, like, I've got people to do things for me which aren't related to construction, and I've been burnt in other areas. Yeah. Yeah. So I know it's not easy for yeah. them. Yeah. It's very difficult, and, you know, it's a minefield. Yeah. The problem is sometimes they don't know it goes wrong yeah. until oh, it has funny. gone wrong yeah. because yeah. they can't see the signs because yeah. when they're building your house, you don't actually know yeah. until yeah. afterwards. Yeah. So. so have you ever... You're saying that you need to get on with your clients. Have you ever turned <laughs> someone down purely based on I can't stand this person? <laughs> I, I I wouldn't say I would say yes, but I, I wouldn't say I can't stand them. I would say I'd say <laughs> I say the relationship was challenging. Right. It was uh, if people are being unreasonable mm -hmm. if i think that people are being unreasonable or they're making it an unhealthy environment yeah sometimes people the way they behave can make it unhealthy and the worst thing for me is it's happened before long time ago and i've learned and my, when my staff say i'm not dealing with them right and then i'm in trouble yeah because you know that because what am i supposed to do i'm stay there myself yeah and, and yeah. start digging the extension yeah. I'm like that. <laughs> yeah so if it's challenging trying to communicate with the person and they seem like they're not being reasonable and they're not listening, then I often turn work down. Right, okay. Mm. I do it now. There were many years when I was in a position where I just it. had to shut my mouth and take it. Yeah, yeah. And, and I did. Yeah. And we got burnt with it every time. Right. But at the end, I still had the pictures of the job on yeah. my portfolio. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And when I show the pictures of the job, nobody don't know the struggle that I went through yeah, with that course. person. Of yeah. course. So. so in terms of you now, I want to know a bit more about you. What's your style like? What is your house like? What do you look forward to doing when you go home into your own place and your own space? My house looks like a bit of a child's house to be. You remember that film, <laughs> Tom Hanks, Big? Yeah. <laughs> like, where, like, where, where, like you think, like, what's this man doing? Yeah. My house has got, like... Well, we know yeah. it's got train sets yeah. and Lego My house got train sets and then my mum sent Lucian and my dad's English. Okay. Right. So I did a DNA test. Yes. And it said that I was 44% Nigerian and 44% Scandinavian. Oh, wow. So I went Nigeria a couple of times, but then I decided, right, I'm a Nigerian Viking. Okay. So, then I, <laughs> so then I just started buying mad swords <laughs> and putting things in mad axes. So I've got like all this Viking memorabilia in my house and I've got statues from Nigeria, what I got. Wow. And... and I slipped my discs in my back, my L4, my L5, about five years ago. In order to take the compression out of my back, mm -hmm. I have hanging rails in my bedroom and gravity boots. And oh my, I, my house is like, you walk into my house and you think, this guy's not all dead. What is, <laughs> what is happening here? And, and I always wanted an office in central London. Mm -hmm. Okay. It's never going to happen. Like, it's not going to happen. So my office in my house got a wallpaper blown up of London. Oh so my the walls gosh. are like, so I sit in my office and I just looking at Tower Bridge on the wall. So if you can't go to London, bring London to exactly, you. Bring London to you, man. Exactly. So yeah. By the way, you're the first Nigerian Viking I've ever met. Ever? That's amazing. Yeah. 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 I can see it now. I can see it now. We could be like Jamaican Vikings. You wouldn't be here if they were. <laughs> so I'm actually at a crossroad because my house, my flat, I bought it a long time ago. And the next step for me is a big one. Right. The next step is a house. Yeah. I won't live in another flat. Right. But when I move in that house, like I'm getting in. It's so be would you build house. it from scratch or would you buy a house and redevelop it? It depends if I could get the land or if there was planning already. Because who wants to get stuck in two years yeah, of yeah, planning, yeah. paying for okay, land? Like yeah. yeah. But I'm getting in. Yeah. <laughs> like I'm talking Everything. basement, 
zombie apocalypse bunker, <laughs> swimming pool. The lot. Like, I'm like cinema. Like, wow. I, I'm going. In. So that, that, that first like housewarming party, you know we're there, yeah. Yeah, yeah we're of course, there. Of course, of course, right. course. You might get lo- bro, you might get lost in that house. How'd you get to the East Wing? Yeah. <laughs> so the next step for me is such a big one. Yes. That let me just stay where I am. I'm comfortable. Yeah. I want for nothing. Yeah. It's set up to serve me. Yeah. And until I'm ready for that step, and while I'm building that. I've learned that I don't fancy sleeping in a sleeping bag on the site anymore, yeah. and I don't, and I don't want to sleep in a caravan either. No. Like so, I used to do all that madness on site, sleeping on site. I don't want to do that no more. No. So I have to stay where I am until the new pad is ready. Yeah. When I decide to take that step, and then I'm going to build a house in Saint Lucia as well. And oh, I'm nice. Gonna, I'm going to go in as well. As well. Yeah, I, I got some land in Saint Lucia. Yes. But the land where when I bought the land, I bought it based on the resources I had at the time. Mm. But now I go back and look at the land, I kind of chops my teeth. I said, I want to be I want to be nearer the water. Yeah. I don't want to be on the beach. I want to be in bed and I want to hear the water. I want to be so high that the mosquitoes don't come and trouble me. Right. And I want to hear the water splashing against the rocks. Ooh. And I want to hang my house over the side of a cliff. What? Are you okay. sure? Yeah. Okay. Wow. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to do some serious. This, this, this is the plan. You can go to the London. Uh, house. I'm whoa, going whoa, to the whoa. Lucia no, I'm still going to St. Lucia. Yeah, as well, yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> that's the plan. Nice. Sounds like a beautiful yeah. plan. So that's the plan, the dream, and there's no reason why you can't make it happen. However, you mentioned earlier on COVID and lockdown. Hmm. I know that a few construction companies didn't come out the other side. Yeah, we struggled, man. Yeah. How did you find that? And I think the ones that did survive are the ones that are now striving. But was there ever a time during that period where you thought, are we going to make this? Yeah, man, we took some big hits. Like I took some seriously big hits in COVID. On the construction side of things, the development that we were doing, I bought the house. The house cost me 1.1 or 1.2 or something like that. Yeah. And I had a development loan. And then development loan was paying for the work we were doing on the house. We were running it alongside another job we were doing. So I didn't really feel it, feel it. Yeah. But construction was allowed to continue. But my site manager there, he's had a kidney transplant in the past. So he's high risk. Okay. Oh. So he had to go home. Yeah. I can't manage the site. So I had to close the site. Right. So that site was closed. And some of the guys didn't want to work like I, I didn't force people to work yeah some people said like I don't want to work I don't feel safe or my other half at home doesn't want me working yeah. because we've got kids at yes. home what if mm. they bring something home yeah so I'm not forcing you to work I had to close the site and they were stinging me 14 grand a month and when I called them and I said but it's COVID they went don't not care. a problem they wanted me to go skin so they could take it yes of yeah and they said, if you want, we can renegotiate and we can give you a different rate. And I said, all right, cool, let's do it. They said, yeah, but to do that, it's going to be 36 grand. What? Oh, my gosh. Well, I, they, that development there, COVID cost me 160 grand in interest. When I started, it was a dream come true. Yeah. Mm. COVID absolutely spanked me. And in February, everything was selling. It was going well. Yeah. I finished in April. Right. Nobody was buying. Nobody was buying. All of them were up for sale. So immediately someone came in, a cash buyer, and they bought the top floor. So I was like, right, we're nice. Yeah. I paid back. And I had two left. Yeah. Nobody would buy them. Now they were stinging me with the other interest rate of seven grand a month because I paid 36 grand to convert the loan. loan. So in the end, I ended up remortgaging both of them and renting them out 
to stop the bleeding. Right, yeah. Right. I was hemorrhaging yeah. so badly yeah. that I had to just like try and just, I had to stop my, yeah. my veins yeah. from, yeah. and then I just had to say, right, well, the rental income's good. Let me just steady the ship. I'm on a two-year fixed. I know what's going to happen. Yeah. They're both rented out. And let me just reassess this yeah. Yeah. in two years, you know. On the lorry side of things, it was a little bit better with the lorry side of things because a driver is in the cab of a lorry by himself mm. and he's handing the paperwork through the window. Yeah. They're a bit more isolated. Yeah. And I changed the way people have lunch at work in the canteen, like one person at a time or two people, but you have to be on different sides. Mm -hmm. In the office, I put up sheet in, so like some protection yeah. from them. Yeah, cool. I put in all the sanitizer things everywhere. Yeah. I followed what I could and I did as much as I possibly could. And then with all our equipment and trucks, I had to go back to the financiers because our finance bill at the time with Agriculture Congress was 100 grand a month. Wow. 100 grand a month on finance paying off the plant and equipment. So I went back to them and they did work with us oh. and they gave us a payment break for some of them. Okay, oh, that's good. That's good. Yeah. So they gave us a payment break. So they said, because really and truly... What are they going to do? They can't use it. They're going to do it. Yeah, so yeah. they gave us a payment break and they gave me an option to to recalculate the monthlies or to add it to the end of the term. Right, okay. So what did you choose? It was a silly decision. I said recalculate because I've got this thing in my head. I get it from my mum. <laughs> if you're starving, doesn't matter. You've got land. <laughs> like just, yeah. you know, West Indian parents. Yeah. It? Like, it's just <laughs> yeah. like, just pay off, pay off, yeah. pay off. I should have done it in a different way. Yeah. I recalculated all yeah. the remaining payments and thankfully we got through it. And I had to make a couple of other deals with like VAT and so we had to go into agreements like time to pay agreements. Right, okay. So the VAT from that period, because what happened, they give you a break, but you don't get that trade back. Oh, okay, right. You don't, yeah. like, well, I can't go back in time and make yeah, more money. Yeah, and yeah. when I come out of yeah. COVID, I'm not going to make double to pay back yeah, what I lost yeah. before. So, yeah. so I'm never going to get that time so you're, back. you're almost like delaying the inevitable. Yes. Yeah. So we had to enter into time to pay payments, things which we could afford to pay alongside keeping up with our existing commitments. Right, okay. So yeah. I found it a lot harder in construction than I did with the trucks. But we were hit hard. Yeah. And like, there was a time when... A lot of my staff were unwell, like COVID. Yeah. We had a member of staff who's no longer with us, and they had a New Year's Eve party and turned up on the 4th of January, and someone came to me and said, so-and-so had a New Year's Eve party. I said, what? And I went to him and I said, no, 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 you've got to go home. Too late. Oh, there was a point. Was in the, there, there was a point. In, yeah. I, I think in my show, it's episode 16 okay. of my weekly show. I'm in the Weybridge by myself. I've got six phones here. I've got the big camera on the gimbal myself, filming myself. I've got all the phones and I'm running the company, all the companies all the company. by myself. Oh. And the drivers are coming to the window and I'm putting the paperwork through and I'm like this. Doing everything. Yeah, for a month. So when do you actually have time to switch off? And well, what it weren't do you... then. <laughs> <laughs> well, now, when do you have time to switch off? And when you do switch off, what do you do? We know that you go to the gym, but how do you just relax and chill? What I'll... is a day off like for you? Well, there's no day off. There's a couple hours here and there. Okay, what are hours off like for you? Boy, it's got to be a series, man. Oh, oh really? You're a what boxer guy. Like? I like a series, man. Okay. Yeah. Right now, I'm, I'm gassed on Yellowstone. I've not heard, I've heard good one. things about that. Oh, I love Yellowstone. Uh, is it the Kevin Costner? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm on Yellowstone. Before that, I'm a Game of Thrones man. Okay. Greatest series ever, Vikings, obviously, for obvious yeah. reasons. Yeah. Okay, would you cool. go into acting? Would I would. Be one of these the, shows? I, I would, but 
I need to see myself on camera acting. Okay. Because there's certain <laughs> actors who kind of, they don't really act. Right. But they're just there. Yeah. <laughs> I don't really want to be that guy. <laughs> I don't want people okay. to be burying my acting. Right. So I, yeah. I, find, I know what I'm good at and what I'm not. I need to make okay. an assessment of myself Fine. acting on camera. I like yeah. that. Okay. So, yeah. The box at Gamora. I don't know that one. You don't know yeah, Gamora? Yeah, it's a gangster one. Oh, where Italian. have I been? Yeah. yeah. Okay. I don't know. What, yeah, where have I you been? Yeah. Probably in the jungle. Yeah, yeah. That, yeah there we go. Yeah. <laughs> Ozark. Oh, yeah, I've heard of that one. Yeah, I like yeah. Ozark. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah. You're, yeah, so you're a big filmy guy, yeah? Yeah. My living room is basically a cinema. Right, okay. okay. I got, what, 7.2 surround, and I got electric blinds or drop down, oh, right. a 65-inch yeah. screen. Yeah. Everything's about, you know, the movie experience. Right. Like, every, yeah. everything I love how you're like, movie. I have my flat, but your flat sounds huge. No, it's not that big. You've got it's a about, cinema no, room it's about 1,300 square foot. That's a nice Pretty size. big for a flat. No, no, no. My living room is a cinema. It's more of a cinema than a living room. <laughs> okay, yeah. fair enough. Okay, it's fair enough. It's not really a living room. It's so, just, yeah. right. Are you switching off then is box sets, gym time. Box sets and gym time. Yeah. That's about it. Okay. Sounds good. Yeah. Yeah. You come out the other side of COVID. Has there anything that you continue to do now in your construction company that you've learned from those difficult days that you thought to yourself, this actually works. And I would never have known it worked until I was forced into this position. Or have you gone back to everything prior to? Nah, before COVID, I used to spend a lot more frivolously. Oh, did you really? Yeah, I used to spend. I said, I'll make more. Oh, okay. Like, I, you know, like after COVID and after what happened, I realised that I focused so long on operational transportation, construction issues, that there was a gaping hole in finance for me. Because I'm not an accountant. Right. Mm. And I just know there's money in the account. I'm going to buy whatever I want. Right. right? Yeah. The bill for materials comes at the end of the month and I can afford to pay it. So I pay it. I yeah. pay everyone. I don't care. Yeah. I'm not looking six months, yeah. eight months down the road. Yeah. But I learned in COVID that you need, especially at the size we're at now, you need sound financial planning and you need accountants. You need cash flow forecasts. You need to digitalize the business and you need to account for everything that is going in and out. Yeah. Mm. And I also learned that we took a few nasty hits off people that owed us money. Right. I have taken some serious hits. Yeah. We calculated the other day, I've been hit for about, since I started, I've been knocked for about 1.1, 1.2 million quid. Really? Across construction and trucks. Yeah. Mm. So I'm not as... Because somebody gave me a chance once, mm. I was that guy that if somebody started out, uh, let's say a builder, he's doing extensions, there's three of them, and he called me and he said, look, man, I, was, I can't get a credit rating. I'd say, right, no problem. If you pay at the end of the week, then you go again next week. If you don't pay me at the end of the week, then we're finished. Yeah. Mm. And I would give people a chance. Right. That did not serve me. Okay. Mm. So unfortunately, I'm not that guy anymore. anymore yeah. that you can pick up the phone and when you start, I will give you a try. Yeah. Mm. Like that needs to be someone else now because yeah. I've done my stint. Yeah. Yeah. I felt I needed to because people did it for me. Yes. But I won't be doing that anymore. So what would you say to people then that maybe wanted to follow in your footsteps and get into construction? What would be your top tips for them? You need to love it. Mm. I don't really want to sound negative, but there are some really dark days mm. and you need to be passionate and you really need to want it. If you don't love construction, I wouldn't get involved in it. Okay. Unless you have unlimited resources and you're going to go into Knightsbridge and you're going to buy a house for £15 million yeah. with no mortgage mm. and you're going to throw £5 million at it and you understand that you might get stuck with that house for two years, but in the end you'll make £7 million quid yeah. because even if you don't know what you're doing, the market will move anyway yeah. and you'll look like you know what you're doing. Yeah. 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 Unless you're at that end of the market, 
you really need to love construction mm -hmm. and understand that it's not a part-time job. Okay, good one. Very yeah. good. And this, I think, is, is my favourite part of the podcast. This is when we start to get to the end, though, but it's finding out your best and worst of things. What would be your best construction project to date? Hopefully the one I'm doing now. Okay, uh -oh. tell us about that one. I'm doing one at the moment, and I can't say a lot, <laughs> but people could probably work it out. Mm-hmm. A very known UK artist. Okay. And he has decided that he wants to build... I've said he, haven't I? Uh, <laughs> they have decided they want to build their forever home. Oh. And they just came to me and said, I want to build my forever home. What are you saying? And I said, I'm your man. He said, I know you're my man because that's why I spoke to you. <laughs> mm -hmm. What are you saying? What can you do? And I went and looked at the house and it's a case of delivering excellence. Yeah. Right. And because it's a very known person in the media, I think that he's going to showcase this mm. a lot. And I think it could be involved in a lot of things he's doing. Right. Because he's already talking about it. Okay. So while the pressure's on me to deliver, <laughs> when it's complete, it will be... Incredible. Yeah. Yeah. By any chance, did you happen to be in this person's music video? <laughs> okay, we'll move on, we'll move on. If you saw the video, you should know, everybody. Um, right, what would be your worst construction project to date? Or maybe the one, I guess, that taught you the most lessons, if the worst is quite difficult? Well, the one that when you think about... You just <laughs> it makes you feel sick. Then you want to put your head in your yeah, hands. Head in your hands and you shiver. I've got a few what I think about for different reasons. The main one I would say is the development where we got hit so badly. Yes. But that was an in-house development. I'll say for a client, worst one for a client. Really good question. Worst one for a client was probably a house I was doing in Camden. Mm -hmm. And I was doing a basement extension and it was going very well. But the client didn't read the quote properly. Oh, oh. no. So... We gave him a quote and we said clearly what was included and what wasn't included. Mm -hmm. And we gave him some like renders of what the house could look like. Mm -hmm. But because the renders had tiles in them, they thought them tiles were Very in the... Oh. But the quote says, and the documentation, you know... Clearly like, states. Clearly no states it's not included. Like you haven't even put... Like I can't just... Like at the same time in their country of origin, something happened in the government and they lost a lot of money. I think a lot of banks were nationalised. Oh, right. No. And sh overnight, they lost a lot of their money and they had to recoup it from somewhere. And it was a very bad situation to be in. Yeah, they lost a lot, which put a lot of pressure on them. Mm -hmm. But they wanted to get it from somewhere. But they had to leave the country where they were <gasps> to come here to a house what they didn't have money to finish. Oh, no. So they were trying to find ways to finish it. Uh, yeah, and we ended up, we were about to go to court yeah. and they owed me a lot of money and they said to me before we went, they said, look, we owe you X, but we'll give you Y. Mm -hmm. And I said, no, 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 let's take a walk up the steps and we'll go and find out what the judge thinks. And then as we walked up the steps, they just went, look, we'll just give it to you. Oh, okay. And they paid us. Fine. But it was a lot of anxiety. Yes. And it was very drawn out. And when you get into those situations the only people that win are the lawyers. Mm -hmm. I would advise anyone who's going to end up in litigation, in construction, I mean, like, don't do it. Yeah. Okay. I've had another one where I won, but I didn't get awarded legal costs, and the legal costs were more money than, than what you oh, were awarded. Yeah. So that's okay. a bit of advice for anyone. 
always avoid getting involved in litigation and construction. Do not allow ego and emotion to govern your thinking process and think that you will go to court in a construction project and think you will win. Nobody will win but the lawyers. Okay. Great one, thank you. I've got a very difficult one for you. Oh, whoa. Yeah, so think carefully before you answer. (laughs) And we don't want any names. But I mean, I love names. No, no, we can't. Okay, no names. But no for names. this question, there, <laughs> can, there no can names. be no names. Okay. What has been or who has been your best and worst employee Ooh. and why? Ooh. Wow. You went in there. I went that in. <laughs> Daniel's like, why did he come? <laughs> <laughs> the problem with this isn't the answer. The problem is the fallout from this. When this comes <laughs> out, yeah. <laughs> When, when, when I walk into the office and people start cutting knives at me, it's not, you know. But there may have been a worse one that doesn't work for you anymore. Yeah, I can tell you the worst one who doesn't work for me anymore. Yeah. Somebody came to work for me who left another company and they came and they managed to pull the wool over my eyes. Right. And they were very poisonous. Oh, no. And they were very toxic. Jealous? Uh, jealous, yes. yes. Yeah. And they had it in their head that the people that were working there... They wanted to get rid of them because they wanted their position. And I couldn't really see it at the time. Mm. And it's my fault because I I didn't see it, but it caused a lot of unrest within my company. And they did a lot of bad work, which I had to go back and fix, as is my obligation to do when I provide someone with a guarantee. When I managed to get rid of them eventually and they left, they then went somewhere else and did the same thing. And they were trying to, and they stole a lot of people who were working for me to bring to the other company. Yeah. So it was it was a very hard lesson to learn. Okay. They are long gone now. And then the best, it could be for any reason or something that you thought you've gone above and beyond. My longest serving employee. Okay, okay yeah. that's good. That's a good one. My longest serving employee, the first guy that worked for me, his name's Michael. The first guy that worked for me in construction, my very, very first employee. Yeah. I used to call that man like every single night for like six years and stay on the phone for one to two hours talking about quotes and talking about this and this job and what materials you're getting in the morning and where you going and how we doing it and what's going on with the van and this like as I was building the company yeah and he brought a lot of people to the company and at that time he was a lot more experienced in construction than I was because okay. he was hands on with the tools yeah and he was able to judge the people who were coming to work in the company, he was able to bring people, but he was also able to make relatively accurate estimations of how long jobs would take, how much material we would need, which enabled me to price the jobs properly. Yeah. Mm. He was my very first employee. He's still with me. Oh, that's good. Hey, Michael. Well done, Michael. Well done. (laughs) This is for you, Michael. I love that one. I mean, that's all we've got time for, Daniel. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure speaking with you. Thank you for having Um, me. Is there anything that you would like to share with the listeners and viewers before we leave? Thank you for having me. Construction is a... Labour of love. <laughs> and, I do, and I do love it. And while I sound like I'm moaning sometimes, it is great just having the knowledge of construction and being able to walk into any room and be thinking to yourself, what did they do here? How did they build this? Oh, this is a great finish. It For me, it's fantastic. So, And please look out for my show. I know I can't tell you a lot about it. It'll be, <laughs> be out in quarter three in September. It'll have your face all over it. Yes, it will, uh, yes. Where can everybody follow you if they want to find out more and watch you? On Instagram, Daniel Louise. And this is Asheville YouTube. 
Perfect. Yeah, that's where we do a weekly video, which is a vlog of my week. Mm -hmm. And then we do standalone videos for any special equipment we buy or special jobs we do, or just when I think that something's cool. I build stuff. I built a boat. Stuff oh, like hey, so make sure you check that out. Well, thank you so much. I wish you all the best with everything that comes up in the future. And we're looking forward to the housewarming invite. Fantastic. You're Here and in St. Lucia. Thank you so much. A great conversation actually with Daniel, wasn't it? It was a great conversation. Mm -hmm. Now, his account of the challenges and tough financial decisions faced during the COVID pandemic mm. that truly resonated with us as business owners. Yeah, definitely. A uh, huge thank you to you, Daniel, for joining us. Now, next week, Scarlett, mm -hmm. we'll welcome property enthusiast and lifestyle content creator Jade Van Riel. Oh, I love Jade. I love her fashion. As well, yeah. you know, I love fashion. Yep. I love her fashion. See you later, Stuart. See you later, Scarlett.